From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. This year, Rupert Murdoch turned 90, and that milestone has focused discussion on who will take over the world's largest media empire. Now, Murdoch's son Lachlan is making major strategic moves in his role as News Corp's co-chair. He's also changing the way the company is structured, signalling that power is finally shifting in the media dynasty. Today, contributor to the Saturday paper, Paddy Manning, on Rupert Murdoch's succession plan and what the media empire will look like under Lachlan's control. It's Friday, October 8. Paddy, Rupert Murdoch recently turned 90. It sounds like he had quite a celebration. What do we know about his birthday party? Yes, yeah, so he turned 90 in, in March and because of the pandemic, they haven't been able to have a party uh, until now. So they've had something like 150 people to celebrate his 90th at their Georgian mansion, Homewood House, that he bought in 2019 with his wife, um, Jerry Hall, of course, just uh, an hour's west of London near Henley-on-Thames. And uh, at the party, there was a lengthy uh, tribute video that was put together by Rupert's daughter, uh, Elizabeth, herself a TV producer. Uh, So you can imagine it was pretty well-turned-out video. And I know that the family has put months of work into it I was hanging around the National Film and Sound Archive last year, um, you know, doing some initial research for my biography of Lachlan. And already at that time, they were trying to cull together old archival footage of Rupert. So we know that, you know, a hell of a lot of work went into producing this video. And yeah, uh, Lachlan, Elizabeth both spoke, uh, as well as, you know, the former Australian Prime Ministers, John Howard and Tony Abbott, and the UK Prime Minister, Boris Johnson. And it also had the theme song, actually, hilariously enough, of the um, hit HBO series Succession. This is a family business, but the family is fucked and it's hurting the stock. You know, in a sort of nod from the family to this drama about an ageing media mogul and his four children vying for the top job at his company. I land the deal, Mm. I kill Kendall, I'm crowned the king, just like in Hamlet. And uh, there was one notable guest missing, though, both from the party and the tribute video, and that was Rupert Murdoch's youngest son, James. And that's fascinating considering the significance of Rupert's 90th and what's going on at News Corporation. It's happening at a time when the future of the company and the question of who runs it is sort of up in the air. So do we know why James didn't come to his father's 90th birthday? And and what does his absence tell us, Paddy, about the dynamics within the, the Murdoch family business right now and any succession planning that might be underway? I think to understand that, it's important to understand the family dynamics that have played out within the company over the last 20 or so years between Lachlan, James and Rupert. So over the last decade, Lachlan and his brother James have jockeyed for the role of successor to their father, Rupert. 
The question is, are these young men, the next generation of Murdochs, going to have as steady and strong a hand and voice? It is also a story of a sibling rivalry between Rupert Murdoch's sons, James and Lachlan, who were constantly competing with each other in a kind of Game of Thrones type success. James was once a real contender. Uh, in interviews, Rupert had always spoke very glowingly that uh, James was his go-to guy to understand digital. After Lachlan quit the company in 2005... Lachlan had been tired of the infighting. He felt he had been kind of sandbagged repeatedly by Peter Chernin. Then the At the time, it was reported that he sort of felt emasculated. He was outplayed, in fact, by Rupert Murdoch's senior executives and quit the empire in 2005. And to all intents and purposes, it seemed a permanent decision. He was not coming back. I think that in 2005, Rupert concluded his elder son didn't have what it took, was a little soft and hadn't proved himself when swimming in the deep end. Of the and so James became the sort of favoured successor and took on an increasingly senior roles running News International. But then in 2011, when the um, UK phone hacking scandal really broke wide open, News International Chairman James Murdoch has appeared again before British MPs to answer questions about a phone hacking scandal. You know, News of the World reporters and possibly also editors had accessed illegally the voicemail messages of um, not just, you know, royals and celebrities, but also ordinary people, including the voicemails of a murdered schoolgirl, uh, Millie Dowler. But tonight, Millie Dowler's parents have been joined by the families of the Soham girls, suffering now not only the grief of loss, but the knowledge of gross intrusion into their privacy and the possible interference with the police investigations. Now, that revelation was the biggest crisis that News Corporation has ever faced. It split the company, it split the family, and it upended the succession. And James, unfortunately for him, fairly or unfairly, was the face of that scandal for News Corporation. James Murdoch has quit as chairman of the scandal-ridden British arm of his father's media empire. He was tarnished in a way that made it sort of impossible for him to ever take over the company. The family took a while to realise uh, the extent of the reputational damage that he'd suffered. And since that time, Lachlan has been back in contention to take over from Rupert when he ultimately passes control. Right, OK, so the elder of Rupert's two sons, Lachlan, is now in the box seat to take over the company from his father. So what is Lachlan's role right now and what kind of influence does he have? Well, this is the thing, is that Lachlan has been, OK, he has been the co-chair alongside his father of both Fox Corporation and News Corporation, which was split in the wake of the phone hacking scandal. But he has also been the CEO of Fox Corporation, which is the bigger of the two companies, uh, since 2019. And in the years since he's taken over as CEO, he has really begun to make his mark on both Fox and News. And in one way, it's very natural that... Lachlan would succeed his father, but it's also commonly been observed that Rupert Murdoch would be taken out of News Corporation, uh, which he has devoted his entire life to, would be taken out in a box, you know, that he would work till he dropped. You have reportedly told your biggest outside shareholder, I'm going to stay on as CEO until I'm 130. <laughs> so as I'm I say, more realistic than that, really. He is a legendary workaholic and he has as I say, devoted his life to that company. What keeps you at it? 
I just love it. <laughs> it's, it's the, you know, I have busy, very busy days, and it keeps me stimulated, keeps me curious. That's the way to stay young. And yet what's happening, according to the insiders at News Corporation that I speak to, is that Lachlan really is now in the process of taking control. And Rupert is stepping back, both from day-to-day operations and also from some of the bigger strategic decisions that are being taken in the last few years, which much more reflect Lachlan's influence. Well, let's talk about some of those big strategic decisions that have been taken then. What are they? And tell me about how they reflect the way that Lachlan might be looking to run things. Well, Fox and News Corporation have over the last three years, according to a recent tally by the Financial Times, done a string of acquisitions, something like 20, across both companies, which add up to value of ballpark US $7 billion. And these are deals which are more closely associated, many of them, with Lachlan than with Rupert. Lachlan has also pushed an acquisition of a free streaming service, so recognising that there are structural challenges for for traditional cable TV. Instead of trying to beat the likes of Netflix at their own game, he's invested in a free ad-driven video-on-demand service called Tubi, which is now enjoying spectacular growth. It's coming off a low base, but it is starting to make a meaningful contribution to the profits at Fox Corporation. And these kind of bolt-on acquisitions slowly changing the earnings outlook of News Corporation from a a legacy print business to a much more digital-oriented, forward-looking business. We'll be back in a moment. The Every Moment Matters campaign provides accurate, evidence-based information and advice about alcohol, pregnancy and breastfeeding. It has been created by the Foundation for Alcohol Research and Education and endorsed and funded by the Australian Government. Alcohol use during pregnancy can lead to Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorder, or FASD, a lifelong disability. So make the moment you start trying the moment to stop drinking. Visit everymomentmatters.org.au to find out more. For long-time editor Winnie Dunn, there were a few rules she followed when writing her debut novel. I really don't subscribe to writing for the sake of, you know, trauma dumping or getting your trauma out. That's what a therapist is for. Please, <laughs> please go see a therapist. We're very pro-therapy. I'm yeah, yeah, if, that's, no, if that's what you're using writing for. I'm Michael Williams, and on this week's very therapeutic episode of Read This, I chat with Winnie Dunn. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Patty, in the last few weeks, News Corp has made a few significant announcements about the way that the company is structured. Can you tell me about those and what they say about the future of Rupert Murdoch's empire? Yes. So um, just in the last fortnight, we've seen at News Corporation an announcement that the Murdoch Family Trust, which is the vehicle through which the Murdoch family owns their stake in both Fox and News Corporation, And we've seen that they've agreed to cap their shareholding at 44%. Now, at the moment, they own something like 38% of the voting shares, but they've made this announcement at the same time as they've agreed to drop a poison pill provision, which prevents any 
Hostile bidder acquiring more than 15% of News Corporation and has been in place since the two companies were split in 2013. They've dropped that as a concession to some of the kind of long-standing criticisms that institutional investors and the corporate governance community have kind of had of both Fox Corporation and News Corporation. There's been a long-standing idea that there's a, a Murdoch discount uh, that kind of hovers or applies to um, News Corporation, which is that Rupert Murdoch has always been such a huge risk appetite. He's unpredictable. He's not a box ticker when it comes to corporate governance at all. He is kind of buccaneering. So I think Lachlan is trying to kind of get the house in order at News Corporation and kind of get rid of that Murdoch discount once and for all. And in terms of getting the house in order, Paddy, to what end? What's going to happen next at the company? What are you hearing? Yes, so just last week we had uh, the first strategy day for Foxtel where the chief executive and the rest of the executive team, the chief executive being Patrick Delaney, he did run through their financials over the last three years since they've executed a kind of turnaround and cut costs and introduced their own streaming subscription services here called, you know, KO for live sports and Binge for entertainment and soon to be followed by Flash for news. And these are enjoying spectacular growth. The traditional pay TV business still accounts for roughly 90% of the revenue at Foxtel, but there is some hope. There is actually a future, despite the fading business model of pay TV, uh, there's a future in streaming. Um, they're very much talking up the upside. And they didn't confirm a float, but almost universally, it's expected that there will be a public offering of shares in Foxtel for the first time early next year. And what would the significance of that be, Patty? Is that something that they've wanted to do for a while? It is. It's something that they considered and then shelved uh, five years ago uh, when Netflix was first kind of making inroads in Australia. And what it would signify for News Corporation is uh, it's another step along the way of repositioning News Corp as a forward-looking, digital-oriented business. And investors have rewarded, you know, this that there is a kind of reappraisal going on. Both Fox Corporation and News Corp shares have outperformed in the US and in the Australian share markets, respectively. And... A lot of that can be sheeted home to the decisions that Lachlan has made in the last couple of years. And so I think that there's, for the first time, a kind of focus, real focus on where Lachlan might be taking the Murdoch empire now. Mm. And, Paddy, just finally, why do you think that is? Why do you think that we are finally seeing Rupert Murdoch beginning to, to step aside and make room for Lachlan in this way? Because you said it's something that people never thought they would see happen, that Rupert would need to be taken out of News Corp in a box. So what what is it that you think has changed? Uh, I think there's a combination of things. I think since his um, bad accident in Lachlan's yacht a few years ago, Rupert has been stepping back and there is a natural process there, of course, as he turns 90 as well. There's also increasing confidence in some of the business decisions that Lachlan has made. And there's also a third dynamic, uh, which is that having stepped off the News Corp board in 2020, James is out of the picture. He has, like all of the 
Rupert's six children has got $2 billion to play with as a result of the sale of 21st Century Fox to Disney. And so there is no kind of contest anymore. Lachlan is in charge and is putting his mark on the business. And so far, investors seem to like it. Fox faces a whole lot of challenges. There's no doubt about that. They are politically controversial, to say the least. But financially, at the moment, you've got to say the market is giving the thumbs up to the kind of deals that Lachlan has been doing as he takes increasing control both at Fox Corporation and News Corporation. Paddy, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Ruby. As a a. 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read Post, a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points. Sign up at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. Also in the news today, the new New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet has unveiled a revamped roadmap out of the COVID-19 lockdown after the state recorded 587 new cases and eight deaths on Thursday. Major changes to the roadmap include doubling the number of adults allowed to gather in homes to 10 people and increasing the cap on people able to attend weddings and funerals to 100 people from Monday. The Premier also announced that all children will be returned to school by October 25. And in Victoria, at least 11 people have died from COVID-19 outside a hospital in the past two months. While most of these COVID-19 cases weren't known to health authorities before they died, Victorian doctors have raised concerns that more people could die at home, warning the at-home program for monitoring thousands of patients with the virus is being overwhelmed. 7am is a daily show from The Monthly and The Saturday Paper. It's produced by Elle Marsh, Cara Jensen-McKinnon, Anu Hasbold and Alex Gow. Our senior producer is Ruby Schwartz and our technical producer is Atticus Basto. Brian Compo mixes the show. Our editor is Osman Faruqi. Eric Jensen is our editor-in-chief. Our theme music is by Ned Beckley and Josh Hogan of Envelope Audio. Special thanks to Alex Gow for original compositions on the show this week. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to follow Schwartz Media's entertainment podcast, The Culture. Host Osman Faruqi is releasing an episode on Season 3 of Succession next Friday. I'm Ruby Jones. See you next week.